Welcome to Only Trying to Help, the podcast where we try to help you be helpful to other people. My name is Kate Watson. I'm here with my good friend, Leslie. Leslie, please tell me something good. We need some good news in this world. Uh, well, good news for the world. I don't know about good news for the world, but good news for me. I've got 50 RSVPs for an event I'm doing tonight. And Ooh. in a world where everyone is Zoomed out, um, uh, I'm pretty excited about that. So I'm excited to, to meet all those people, hopefully some new people, um, some people that, you know, I, I'm touching base with again. And I'm excited to, I'm excited that people are excited about a thing that I wanted to do. <laughs> you know what, that's a much better way of putting it. Cause I was about to be like, your good news is that you're going to meet 50 people on zoom, but I get it. I get it. If we reframe that. Your good news is that there are people as excited as you are about something, and it doesn't matter what it is. That's just a good feeling. Yeah. All right. I'm going to take it. I like it. Uh, Because the truth is, you and I know that good news is hard to come by these days. And, you know, one of the reasons for that is, is actually our topic today, which is just like insane, like the high level of unemployment around the world. And I know it seems silly. I know we don't need to like explain this to our listeners, um, but who knows, Leslie, maybe somebody will be listening to this 15 years from now and they're going to be like, what, why, why was unemployment so high? So for that random person in the future who is listening, wondering what are they talking about? I will just say, look, it, it may be 2021 now, but we're only barely scratching the surface of 2021 and the year 2020 businesses were just locked down, closed down, or downsized dramatically because of the pandemic. And I mean, of course, this is not universally true, but by and large, you know, businesses are really suffering. A lot of people are out of work. And Leslie, this is your field. Um, You're a career counselor. You help people make plans for their professional futures. And oftentimes you're helping people who are currently out of work. So here's what I thought. Let's turn the tables today Typically, I share some information and I ask you to comment, and then I share information and I ask you to comment. Today, you have the expertise. Um, are you in for that? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you asked me. Um, this is my field. I've been in it for you know over a decade. I uh, this is the second you know <laughs> economic recession um, that I have counseled people through. Um, so I am no stranger to helping people and helping people articulate how to communicate with their loved ones during this time. Cause that's the part that we don't talk about that is important. So, it, you know, in this podcast where we help people help other people that it works out really well. You know, I, I took a deep breath when you said this is the second economic crisis you've counseled people through and I was getting ready to do the toxic positivity thing, like, and let's hope it's the last. And then I realized <laughs> No, it won't be. It won't be. What I have learned, I think I learned this from you, Leslie. I have learned that these downturns happen like every 10 years or so. Is that right? Uh, I mean, I'm not an economist. I don't think that anybody was expecting this. Um, 
yeah, I think that the the economy tends to go in like waves where we we crest up high and then um, and then at some point the bubble has to burst. <laughs> Who knows? And and you're right. I'm not asking you to be an economist. I'm really just saying. What, whatever we come up with today as some tips around how to be helpful, they will they will become helpful again at some point when there is another economic crisis. And I, I take no joy in saying that. It's just the reality is this is not the last time we are going to face really high unemployment and you're and we're going to be surrounded by loved ones who are laid off from their jobs. And, and you know, not only that, you know, our economy we have these sort of boom fields and everyone scrambles to join them. And then um, you're riding that wave on, on high for a while. And then, you know, other things depart. So we're seeing the workforce needing to be reskilled much more frequently than it has been in decades past. You may see, even if we're not having a recession, it, it, it's not that out of the ordinary to be laid off for a, um, you know, an industry to cut back because the the world has changed in some way or another. So talk to the people who are listening, who've never been unemployed. I mean, frankly, that's me. I'm very lucky. I've, I've never lost a job and been in this situation where I'm, I'm wondering what's next. So what is it that people like me don't understand about losing a job? Um, so very interestingly, most people partner their um, self-definition with their career, their aspirations with their career. As a society, we're led to do that. You, you know, should always be striving for the next promotion, the next raise, the next opportunity, the, you know, the next boom field, whatever the case is. Um, and it can be really a crisis of character Mm. when you are without that. And the routines that you have built your life around are pulled out from underneath you. Um, And suddenly the things that you had confidence in two weeks ago are no longer things that you feel good about. You're doubting yourself. You're wondering if, you know, you're doing the right things. Um, so the other thing is that, um, and I always try to endeavor to tell the people that I counsel to tell their friends and family that job searching sucks. Mm. It sucks really bad. It is, uh, rejection over and over and over. Um, even vulnerability. Yeah. Um, Especially, you know, if you are not sure where to go next. Um, You have people like you, Kate, who have never really like, you know, had that moment of rug in this particular context. Um, Or like, so my husband has like applied formally to a job once that he didn't get. (laughs) Men in tech. Um, (laughs) But it's also a lot of, you know, who you know, and I'm sure we'll get into that. Um, But um, for I speak from a position of not just as a counselor, but as someone who's been laid off twice. Yeah. Um, it was expected, but I can tell you at both times, um, 
I had incredible doubts about who I was as, a, as a, an employee, who I, who I was as a human being. Um, you know, you go from, I work in, you know, I'm in the office by 8.30 and I, you know, leave and I get home by six to um, grocery shopping in the middle of the day and feeling guilty about it. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot, there's a lot there. Yeah, I can imagine that there's a lot you can't really know unless you've been there. Um, And, uh, you know, it makes me think of a lot of things that people often say is what that they think are comforting remarks like, oh, I get it. And and I probably cannot authentically say that to someone who's been laid off. I cannot authentically say I get where you're coming from to this to unpack that I've never been through. And, you know, I'm listening to you and I'm listening to myself and uh, in my workshops and courses that I teach, I try to teach what we call person first language. And I'm hearing myself say over and over again, unemployed person, unemployed person, and I'm kind of cringing. And I guess I'm going to try to make that more person first. So I'll probably try to switch that to person who currently doesn't have income or something like that. It is longer but it is, I think, better. Um, and I, I guess it maybe leads to my next question about like, what do you think about the terms that we use in terms of conveying dignity and respect for someone who just doesn't have an income right now? Well, the first one that comes to mind is always the one that makes us laugh and that's fun employment. Um, <laughs> and that's that's a term that sort of refers to like, I, I don't know, like, I guess this assumption that people are just sitting back collecting their 600 bucks every two weeks or whatever it is. And this like idea that people are just like coasting during that time. And some people do, it's part of the healing process. If you yeah. um, it, uh, My colleague Marcy and I were just talking about this recently where um, we, we sort of get a lot of times we get people who are in that knee jerk moment of, I just got laid off yesterday. I need to find a job tomorrow. And we have to kind of counsel them to take a couple deep breaths and maybe think about healing from that situation before they dive into the next. There's nothing wrong with like keeping momentum. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, it gets a little frantic for people. Um, and, um, that's when emotions run high and that's when you hear interview stories of, and then they cried and, um, you know, or like, I, I just, I just followed him into the Starbucks. I just wanted to ask him a question, you know, that sort of stuff. Are you describing like a person who wants an interview followed somebody into a Starbucks? Is that what you're saying? I mean, like <laughs> there's so much, there's so much advice out there. And that glorifies these like persistent. Oh yeah. Um, a very aggressive. Yeah. And just take some time and unpack and maybe like write down your experiences and sift through those things and get a little bit of space and then examine them with a little bit of objectivity for that, that sort of thing to help you figure out what's next. Sure. Um, Yeah. So you seem to be describing helping people get really strategic about what they want and kind of maybe playing this chess game if they have to play it. But that means going slow and being thoughtful, not just frantic and fast. Um, Now, 
I, I'm trying to remember that our listeners are here for how do I help people? Sure? And so <laughs> I, I'm thinking, okay, let's say my best friend calls me and my best friend says, Kate, I just got laid off from my job. I'm devastated. I don't know what to do. Leslie, can you start us off with some like what not to do if you're receiving this call? You're the friend. You just got this call. You just heard that your friend is, is laid off. What What's a bad response when you hear, I just got laid off from my job. I'm devastated. I don't know what to do. Any thoughts? So I, I think that if the question is, if the statement is, I don't know what to do versus what do you think I should do? And it, it's like very likely to be, I don't know what to do. And what us, pro- we problem solvers would like to do is open the gates, the floodgates to be like, well, have you tried monster.com? Um, um, so it's, you know, what, what not to do is dive in there with a 17 point plan for the person based on your experience. And you know, value, but your experience is bound to be different from the experience of the person that you are talking to. Um, so sure. what I would say is first and foremost, try to bite your tongue a little bit to not give them that 17 point plan of how you got your last job, you know, by pounding the pavement and, um, you know, Whatever the case is. Um, Can I interrupt you for a second? Yes, please do. I, I Well, I mostly want to interrupt you for like a round of applause. Let's hope my mic can catch this. <laughs> okay. So the round of applause is because you and I have said so many times over the years that unsolicited advice is not helpful. And a lot of people think their advice was just solicited because they heard someone say, I don't know what to do. And so let's just circle back because you already said this, Leslie, but I'm just saying it like slower and like (laughs) for the, for the people in the cheap seats in the back, there is a difference between someone saying, I don't know what to do, period, at the end of that sentence versus could you tell me what to do? Question mark at the end of that sentence. Those are wildly different sentences. And I find that the general public does not hear a difference between them. And that's a problem. That's a problem. There's a difference between someone just letting you know, I'm a little lost right now, versus someone asking you to educate them or guide them in some way. And most likely, I think you're right, Leslie, people are going to call you and say, I just got laid off and I don't know what to do. That does not mean they are asking you to solve that problem. They are just letting you know how they feel right now. And don't just like send people like a, a, a million jobs. My uh, person who cares about me. Um, someone, you know, somebody I know whose opinion I hold, held highly. Don't we me, always, we always name this person Sally. So Sally, Sally, <laughs> they, the job was very, very rudimentary or and I was a little offended because what I felt like was happening was this person read this description and thought well Leslie can do this those that's her skill set and I felt bad about it and I had to unpack it and really think you know Sally just 
does not do career counseling. <laughs> Sally does not do recruiting. Sally doesn't even, isn't plugged into those types of things. Sally got an email from an organization that Sally is affiliated with that said, we're looking for this position. And Sally forwarded the email to me. And, and Sally's and Sally's only trying to help. Sally's really, really just trying to help. But, Sally's like, you need job. Here is job. Yeah. Done, right? But there's an impact to Sally's actions. Yeah. And that was me feeling, you know, not so great about, it, it, I don't know, it just, it just sparked some more doubt. And yeah. when you are job seeking, it's, it's a lot of doubt um, about mm. the actions you're doing because it's, it's very, the process is super shady. Like, you know, you will hear different, different advice from different people. Everybody thinks they know the exact way to do something. Yeah. Um, it's, it's similar to the way that teachers tend to get, uh, like school teachers tend to get that advice. Like, well, you know, this is how you should teach children from somebody that has never taught children mm-hmm. or somebody that maybe had a child. It's a different, you know, it's a different world. Different. Yeah. Um, but it tends to be sort of, um, sort of like that where people get this, these ideas and they're very, very adamant. Um, and job searching is, is a little bit of science and a lot of art. Yeah. And I will tell you, um, the bad advice, it's not, well, I don't think it's bad advice. I think through my lens, this is very good advice, but the advice that I'm always trying not to say, because I know nobody really wants to hear it, but in my own head, it's like screaming. I want to say to people, hey, sometimes you have to take a step back to take two steps forward. And this is on a cycle in my head because I, I very much believe that. And I also know nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> nobody wants to hear that message, which I believe with like everything inside of me, when they're feeling kind of down and out and feeling a little doubtful and unsure of the future, people don't like to hear me say, well, you know, sometimes you have to take a step back to take two steps forward. It has backfired. I've watched a hundred of my friends roll their eyes at me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying really hard to never say that to someone again, but I'm almost always thinking it. When somebody tells me, you know, it's been months, I'm unemployed, there's nothing good out there, I'm stuck, I'm feeling hopeless. What I want to say, which I'm holding back and biting my tongue, what I want to say is you might just have to take that job you don't really want. And I know it feels like a step back, but it might lead to something that, you know, takes you somewhere down the road. I'm practicing, Leslie, not saying that because nobody likes it. No. And I, I mean, I, as professionally, I agree with you. There are several contexts I can think about where it makes sense. If you're a career changer, you're almost definitely going to have to do that. Yeah. Um, it, that does make sense. It doesn't make it any easier. It doesn't make it any nicer when, when you realize that the going rate for that, that is $10,000 a year less than you were making before. Yep. Um, you, as your, you know, your listener friend, you see them two steps ahead. Mm-hmm. They're a step behind right now. Um, it's, it's it's really hard to separate those things. Yeah. And if you're somebody who is down a little bit, try not to remind them how long they've been looking. Like, mm. you know. Um, mm, that's helpful. 
Because well, what, like, what you're saying is helpful, not the reminder. <laughs> like, so for somebody who hasn't job searched in a while, um, it's it's like, I don't know, this, this random number that I read somewhere. It's like for every $10,000 that you want to make, it's going to take you that amount of months to find a new job. I think that that's an underestimation. So if you're looking for a job that's going to pay $50,000, it's probably going to take you five months. I think that's depending on a lot of different factors. Um, so um, that's interesting though. I'm going to yeah. think about that a lot. I, I don't have, <laughs> I don't have a comment other than um, it's interesting. The listeners can't see me nodding, but you can see me going like, huh? Okay. Yeah. I'm nodding along. That's a compelling thought, especially for folks who kind of like having uh, the, well, clarity is a strong word, but the, the guidance of, of a numeric value. <laughs> and sometimes that can help people like understand that they weren't supposed to find a job within a few weeks. And yeah. Again, like I said, it's like not even the best idea in most cases, um, especially if it was a surprise. Um, but <clears throat> So if you're thinking, why haven't they got a new job yet? You know, what are they even doing? Um, they might have hit some of these stages where they've applied to a million things and they are getting nowhere. And what job seekers have told me many times is that their family members tend to start getting a little bit aggravated with them. Yeah. Um, like, why haven't you gotten a job yet? And that, I think, leads to decisions that are not as informed and strategic as I could be like hmm. well you know I'm getting a lot of pressure from my you know aunt Susie who you know calls me every other day to find out if I got a job yet and how many jobs I applied to this week don't ask people that Oof. <sighs> yeah like unless unless you've had that conversation with them unless you you're you've you've offered to be their accountability buddy yeah okay you know i'm thinking about a time where a friend of mine um had been searching for a job for a long time and i don't remember if it ever happened between the two of us but i know for sure when people would ask her what'd you do today she would take that so personally like mm-hmm. Like, oh, you think I'm not applying for jobs? And the person who asked, what'd you do today? is like, whoa, whoa, that is not, I wasn't accusing you of being lazy. I wasn't accusing you of wasting your day. It was just like conversation. But I assume my friend was so concerned that people think she's not trying hard enough that from a simple question, like, how was your day today? She would feel sort of triggered into like, get off my back. I'm trying. Okay. And it it made me realize we have to strike this balance because if I never ask her how her job search is going, she might think I have forgotten or I don't care. But if I ask her too often, she might think I'm breathing down her neck and getting impatient with her. And so I remember sending her a message one time saying, Hey, I'm probably not going to ask for a while about your job search. And I don't want you to think it's that I don't care or it's that I forgot. I'm really just trying to give you a break from thinking about it. I will wait for you to bring it up. Uh, and that was just kind of my way of saying, I'm I'm not your accountability partner. I'm your friend. Uh, and I trust that you are doing what's right for you and you don't need me checking in on you. 
Yeah, I mean, if you wouldn't ask how many dates you've gone on this month, don't ask how many jobs you've applied to. Yeah. If you would ask that, I've got some other recommendations yeah, for that's you. Another, that's another um, podcast, another day. Because remember, like, it's there's so much rejection involved. Every application, you know, you pour maybe 10 minutes, but probably more likely two hours um, of your time into, and two hours of, like, thinking through why I'm a good fit for this job. Do I want this job? How would this work with my life? How would I be able to contribute? Where do I attach my resume? Mm. <laughs> How is this company spelled? What's the name of the recruiter? Like, do they want a cover letter? Do they not want a cover letter? Should I include my high school experience? Like, by the time you've gone through all of that, and then you just get a, a cold email rejection or nothing, like, it's just it's a lot of rejection. Yeah. Um, and so that might lead us to the do's, which is like, please, maybe tell that person they have worth. The next time you meet somebody to go shake their hand, got that. I don't know when that will be. <laughs> when is the next time you shake someone's hand? Yeah. Um, six please, years from please, now. Please report back when you do. We would like to know what that's like. That's a <laughs> um, but like most people, what I'm saying is that most people introduce themselves and then introduce their field of work. So my name is Leslie. I, you know, I work in higher education. I, yeah. you know, I'm in career counseling blah 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 um we because we are so again entwined with what we do so if you can find a way to tell your person that they have worked beyond their career their job that you value their contributions right um maybe call up that friend who currently does not have income and ask them for advice on something in your own life hmm. you know That's a nice idea. Call up that friend and say, I'm having a problem. Can you help me? And that way they get to have value. And be good at something. And be good at something and be helpful and contribute. Yeah. I like that. Um, Another do is um, do invite people to like make connections. It's something. So there's this term in my field called the hidden job market. So, you know, I'm sure, you know, if you're working in a job that's hiring, there's research that says that good employees most often come from referrals. So there is this hidden job market that even when the job gets posted, they don't truly, um, you know, accept candidates from, you know, just anywhere. They're really looking for first and foremost referrals. So... Um, and that's, you've heard that thing. It's not what you know, it's who you know. And that's what I'm talking about here. So do say, Hey, you're interested in this. I know somebody that does this. Would you like me to connect you with them? Mm. Um, you know, are you interested in, in, in this type of field? Cause the, you know, the more we grow our network, the better. Yeah. Now I know I'm about to take us on a total tangent and we can't really touch this because it will be another topic for another day. But isn't this how organizations continue to lack diversity? Like (laughs) (laughs) if your organization traditionally has mostly white men Mm -hmm. and you reach out to those white men and say, please refer your friends. Yeah. I know the word for that is nepotism. (laughs) Yeah. they're, They're friends with other white men. And that's how our organizations never become more diverse. Anyway, that's just my little side complaint. Yep. I know you're not 
you're not advocating that this is a good thing. You're just saying this is reality. Yeah. And, and saying it is reality is not the same thing as saying, isn't this great? Those are different things. But the reality is there is this kind of referral system in, in what I never heard of the hidden job market. So that's a new phrase for me in the hidden job market. And, and if you can help bring people into that, um, then you might be helping your friend now for society's benefit. Hopefully you can bring your diverse group of friends into that market, but that's another topic for another day. What, what else is important for us to know, Leslie? I mean, I think we'll have to start wrapping this up. So whether they are do's or don'ts or just some other thing that you feel like is important to convey on this topic, what stands out to you? I think I've said a lot of, a lot of the like big, um, the big, big things like almost everybody says like send me your resume and then they try to give some kind of constructive feedback based on that resume um and that can get really frustrating um yeah because everyone kind of has a different take on what to expect based on their experiences um based on what they've heard what worked you know when they last job searched which may be different than it is now um something they saw online um Mm-hmm. so anyway um yeah yeah well you're reminding me that as helpers it's really important to know your limits so I can think of so many times when a friend has emailed me their resume and said can you look this over or even even more annoying can you help me create a resume and I think in those moments as a helpful friend it's my job to know my limits and to say oh, I'm not the best person to do this. Like I, I might know how to make a resume in my field. I might know what's normal in my profession, but I, I, I'm really, I have no business helping you with your biotech resume. <laughs> um, and so for me, I think the best thing I can do is say to someone, um, you know, I can look for spelling or grammar errors, but please please find another person to look at this who's not me because I'm probably not the most helpful person when it comes to your resume. Yeah. And that could be like a, like, can I connect you with this person who might be able to do this? Um, Yeah. uh, But one of the interesting things that, and one of my favorite parts of my job um, is helping people understand what their strengths are Um, because we, we live in a society that values in many ways, weird ways, humility, but also doesn't value those things at all. Yeah. So, um, especially women. Right. We're sort of told, don't brag on yourself. You know, I deal with a lot of women who have, you know, kept their heads down and do great, amazing things and who have never looked up to say, I did that. That was me. Babe, that was you. You were on that team. Um, So something that you can do as a friend of a job seeker um, is tell them some things that you really value about them, that you really like about um, the way that they look at the world, the things, maybe even um, reflect things that they have told you before. Like, you know, I was thinking about that time you told me a couple years ago that you worked on that project and it was a beast and you, you know, everyone was upset about it, but at the end of it, um, you know, there was a a great outcome and everyone was back on the same page, whatever the case is, because people forget 
their yeah. own accomplishments. Yeah. And, you know, I always try to tell people, like, write them down, but, like, even I don't do that, and I'm in this field. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. No, I think this is a, a really great, this is so aligned with what we do. Uh, by we, I mean you and I on the podcast. This is what you're suggesting is so aligned with what we talk about on this show all the time. Uh, we talk about not giving unsolicited advice, but seeing the good in people and pointing that out. And so it seems like so many of the things that you and I have discussed over the years apply here as well. And maybe that's just a pitch to say to everyone, when you pick up the phone and it's your friend saying, oh my gosh, I just got laid off. There is no need to panic. If you've been following us all this time, you have the skills to respond to this. It's the same stuff that we've been saying for years, which is don't just tell them what to do. Listen with empathy. Make sure you're understanding. Be sensitive to their needs. Ask what might be helpful and see the good in them. It's where we've been. <laughs> it's where we've been. Well, I'm so glad we have your expertise, Leslie. Um, this this is a niche. like, And I, it's cool that you have a niche and that it's so useful for us now. And what we're talking about is a sensitive area that makes people a little uncomfortable to talk about, but it's also one that we cannot avoid right now. I mean, pretty much everywhere you go, you're likely to meet someone or hear from someone who's going through the feeling of unemployment. And um, to those who are listening, I will just say, as usual, you know how to reach out to us. You can certainly email me at kate at onlytryingtohelp.com. You can find us on Instagram using I was O-T-T-H. O-T-T-H stands for only trying to help. So that's I was O-T-T-H. And tell us what you think. Share your own ideas. Thank you, Leslie. Any parting thoughts? Keep going. Keep on keeping on, my friends. Take one step back to take two steps forward. <laughs> do not do that. <laughs> All right, take care.